0: Welcome to the Vanguard Church Podcast. You're about to hear a sermon from Vanguard Church Central in the heart of Colorado Springs. With every message, it's our prayer that you hear and learn how to live out your faith in real relationship with Jesus and with others. May your faith be strengthened, your hope increased, and your heart inspired to live for Jesus no matter the cost. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening. Amen. Amen. It is good to see you in the house this morning. As you've already heard, very special day. I'm probably going to run around on this before it's over today. Uh, It is super tempting. Uh, So, and you feel like a million miles away, so I might have to run around a little bit. Today is a special day. Nine individuals are going to follow Christ in believers' baptism today. At the end of this service, 3,350 people have said publicly, I believe in Jesus and want to follow him to leave his baptism in the last 26 years. Can you give the Lord a hand for his faithfulness to us? Amen. And you may be in the house today and you may not know the Lord, and we want you to know something. We want you to know him. There's nothing else more important, as I read in the book of Amos this morning, if you don't live your life for God, you waste it you waste it. God is the most important, and his word is the most important book all throughout creation. And God wants to speak to us today. God wants to speak to where we really live, and God wants to speak to the real relationships of your life today. And today, we're going to begin this four-week series uh, with a very non-controversial topic on gender and sexuality. Amen. Amen. <laughs> And I want you to know, before we even get into this, that uh, we started Vanguard. It's a Southern Baptist church that you're sitting in this morning. We started Vanguard uh, with a lesbian couple, okay? And what's funny is, my name is Kelly, my wife's name's Tasha. Everybody thought we were a lesbian couple. (laughs) That's a true story, all right? And as we walk into this today, I want you to understand something. What I'm going to talk to you about doesn't mean that I hate same-sex people. I want you to understand that some of the best relationships of my life and some of the friends in my life don't see it the way I'm getting ready to say it. They don't see it the way God's Word sees it. And as we walk into this, let me just say something to you today, moms and dads and grandparents and adults. I realize you may not stay for the cookout today That's fine if you've got other plans. But I want to encourage you with something. We want to make sure through this cookout that not one student in this church that wants to go to summer camp misses out because they can't afford to go. And so I just want to encourage you in a time of confusion, in a time where they need clarity about who they are and who God has created them to be, I want to encourage you to donate to the cookout today and say to the students, as adults, we believe in the next generation, right? Can you give them a hand this morning? We love our students. We believe in our students. You can eat if you want to. It's free. Uh, It's donation-based. But I want to encourage you today that at the beginning of last year, we said, you know what? We want our baptisms to have this phrase in them in fellowship, on mission. We want to be today in fellowship, on mission. And so that's why we combined our two services into one, because we want to fellowship with one another. But fellowship is just the start of it. We want to be on mission. And we want God to use our lives to love others into a real relationship with Jesus Christ. And I want you to understand that I understand that it's not easy to live in this world as a Christian today, and there is great pressure on us to give in, to give out, and to give up, and to agree. And I want to encourage you to draw a line in the sand today and say, I will follow Jesus. I will follow Jesus with my life. And what we're going to talk about today is like walking on a tightrope and trying to understand how do I appropriate this into the real relationships of my life and how do I come across nice and how do I come across kind and how do I come across loving and at the same time come across with the truth of God's word. Listen to me. If you don't have the acceptance of God, everybody else's acceptance means nothing. So get God's acceptance right first by receiving his forgiveness for your sin, and then you can walk into real relationship with others. I wrote an article this week called, The Rainbow is God's Symbol of Forgiveness, Not Acceptance. Not acceptance. Do you understand that God had to destroy the earth because of sexual promiscuity and violence. And do you understand that there is a correlation between when we no longer pay attention to the moral law of God's commands on sexuality, when we no longer pay attention to those, we begin to live in a violent society. And that is happening to us. It is playing itself out right before our eyes And so I realize not everybody in this room and everybody watching online, I realize you're not going to agree with everything I'm saying today, but I want to encourage you to think about it. And more than think about it, I want to encourage you to pray about it and to talk to God about it and to talk to him about the relationships of your life. And so I want to invite you today to take your program, your Bible, or your internet device. We're going to look at Genesis 1, Matthew 19, a few other passages and I want to encourage you to be a virtual evangelist today and share this service and invite those that you're in relationship with. You go, well, I need to hear the message first. before <laughs> I understand that, all right? I can appreciate that. Sexuality and gender. What does the Bible and Jesus have to say about sexuality and gender? Look at Genesis 127. So God, somebody say it, what? Created he did what? He created. What did he create? Human beings, you and me. How? In his own image. Nobody else is, by the way. I love animals, all kinds of them. But animals are not created in God's image. This world is not created in God's image. You say, what is? You are. You have unique value, and God has intentionally designed you to reflect Himself. He wants a personal, intimate relationship with you, a real relationship with you, and He wants you to understand that, that you are not an accident that you are his intentional plan and that he created you in his image and he thinks you are all that. Amen. Amen? He loves every one of us. He loves the seven plus billion people on this earth that many of them don't love him back. They don't love him back or love his son who came and died For their sins. Now, look at Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 1. Why is it important to know that God created us in His image? Because if God created us and He's our Creator, then He must know why we exist, He must know the purpose for why we're here. And if we fulfill that purpose, we will live a life, Jesus says, of abundance, abundance. So look at what Ecclesiastes 12:1 says. Don't let the excitement of your youth cause you to forget your creator. Honor him in your youth before you grow old and say, life is not pleasant anymore. Remember him before the light of the sun and the moon and the stars is dim to your old eyes and rain clouds continually darken your sky. Remember him before your legs, the guards of your house start to tremble, and before your shoulders, the strong men stoop. Remember him before your teeth, your few remaining servants stop grinding. And before your eyes, the women looking through the windows see dimly. Remember before the door to life's opportunities is closed and the sound of work fades. Now you rise at the first chirping of the birds. Amen? Amen. But then all their sounds will grow faint. Remember him before you become fearful of falling and worry about danger in the streets. Before your hair turns white or turns loose, by the way. Amen. Before your hair turns white like an almond tree in bloom and you drag along without energy like a, drying, like a dying grasshopper. <laughs> I can relate to this. The capperberry no longer inspires sexual desires. I don't know that it ever did, but anyway. Remember him before you near, near the grave, your everlasting home when the mourners will weep at your funeral. Yes, remember. What should we remember? Remember your creator now. While you're young, you go, I'm not young. You as young as you ever gonna be. (laughs) Before the silver cord of life snaps and the golden bowl is broken, don't wait until the water jar is smashed at the spring and the pulley is broken at the well. For then the dust will return to the earth and the spirit will return to God who gave it. Wow, that's a lot. See, you're not an accident you have a creator and God wants you sooner than later to remember him. And so in your life and in the season of the life that you're in, where do you need to remember God? Where do you need to remember God in your life? See, if God is in charge of your spirit, which is what he's basically saying here, I'm your creator. If God's in charge of your spirit that's going to live somewhere forever, then doesn't it stand to reason that he is also in charge of your gender and your sexuality? And if that is the case, then what does the Bible say about our gender and our sexuality? Look at Genesis 127 again in the image of God, he created them. Somebody say it. He created us what? Male and female. God only created two genders. Amen? Amen. Humanity may create more. Okay? Now, listen. I'm not going to argue with society if they want to have multiple genders. Okay? Okay? But if you want to say God created more than two genders, and you want to use the Bible to justify what you're saying, the Bible does not allow it. The Bible makes it clear, both in the Old Testament, we'll see that right here, we'll see it in the New Testament, God makes it clear that there are only two genders in the world. There's male and there's female. And I understand that as you sit here, uh, that seems really clear right now to you go back out into the world. And when you go back out into the world, there's a complexity and, and there is an attempt to cancel the statement that I just made. And I want you to understand that as you go back out into the world as a Christian, the truth never gives us the freedom to be jerks. Amen. Vanguard does not want to be known for being a jerk. Vanguard wants to be known for being informed by God's word and living by it. And wrestling with the tension of how do I get into relationship. Uh, As one of my unbelieving friends said to me, I've been friends with him for a long time uh, 15 years now, he's still an unbeliever. And he said to me in our lunch just a few weeks ago, I wish. I could believe. That was a stunning moment for me. It was a stunning moment. I wish I could believe. Listen to me. People who see it differently than you don't change in order to get them to approve or like you. But at the same time, don't be a jerk about it. Don't be a jerk about it. God wants us with truth to love people. And you go, well, they don't feel like it's love. Well, feelings are deceiving sometimes. Okay? Do you know what love is? As someone said this past week, falling in love, easy. Staying in love, bit of a challenge. (laughs) Amen? Amen. Love is when it costs you first. That's what love is. You say, where do you get that definition? Jesus. We love because what? He first loved us and he laid down his life for our sins. Love begins with sacrifice. It begins with a cost. So he says, then God blessed them, and here's what he said. Be fruitful. He gives five commands. Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. reign over the fish of the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Then God said, look, I've given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth and all the trees for your food. I've given you every green plant as food for the wild animals, the birds of the sky, the small animals that scurry along the ground, everything that has life. And that is what happened. So there's five things that he says to him here that I want you to see. Number one, he says, be fruitful. What does it mean to be fruitful? Anybody want to take a guess? have sex. Now, here's what I want you to know as a pastor of 27 years. You have to tell people that aren't married, don't have sex. You have to tell people that are married, have sex. It's quiet in here (coughs) because it's true. And I got news for you. And there's exceptions to everything I'm going to say here. Uh, But as a general rule of thumb, If you'll not have sex till God says it's time to have sex, you'll want to have sex when it's time. Number two, multiply. God's design. What does it mean to multiply? It means make babies. Make babies. I want you to understand that there is not one positive example in the Bible of a homosexual relationship. And so if God is approving of homosexuality and homosexual marriage, then why didn't God give us at least one example in the Bible so that we would know how to govern that relationship? And the reality is there's not one example in the Bible, and the Bible was written over thousands of years and was written in certain cultures like Rome where homosexuality was very accepted practice in that particular day, homosexuality is not something that we came up with in the last hundred years. It has existed for thousands and thousands of years. Now, number three says govern. What does that mean? It means to conduct, take charge. Let me say it another way get a job. Get a job. I, I, you know, working is just a beatdown. Get a different job, but work. God wants us to work the world. He wants us to tend the soil, so to speak. He wants us to take disorder and turn it into order. I'll never forget my friend Mike, whose parents are missionaries to Nepal. And he said when he was growing up, he said, you know how I could tell who the missionaries were in Nepal? Their yards, their front yards had order to them. Isn't that kind of cool? See, if we're followers of Jesus Christ, what we steward, what we own, should have order to it. And we should care how what we own looks. It should matter to us. It's okay. And so whatever God gives you, you go, this is what God's given me. And a lot of us go, well, He didn't give me as much as he gave that. Who cares? Just enjoy what you've got. Because I can assure you, most people that have more than you don't enjoy it. They don't enjoy it. They don't enjoy it. Number four, rain. What's that mean? It means be in charge. Be in charge of the animals, right, Journey Grace? So the last two nights, we go out the back door, and there's a raccoon standing on our back porch. And our cat whooped his butt and sent him sailing because she's got five little kittens, and she doesn't mess around. God wants us to be in charge of the world. He wants us to govern the world. He wants us to be in charge of the animals. He wants us to be in charge of society. He wants us to care about what he cares about. And he cares about the world. It matters to him. Number five, he says, eat. So he cares about your diet. God cares what you eat. God is so intimately involved in your life that, like, for some of us, you can eat this and you should never eat it again. And sometimes you need to pay attention to your body. These are very fundamental things. Pay attention to your body and just say, God, I guess you don't want me to eat that. You want me to eat this. I mean, these are very rudimentary thoughts, but God gives them to us because it seems like we've lost sight of the very rudimentary principles of society. Now, there's a strong argument that Jesus never addressed homosexuality, and I've heard this many times. Jesus never addressed homosexuality, so therefore it's okay. All right. Okay, I'll give you that argument. He did never address it. But he did address gender, and we're going to see it in this passage. And it's interesting to me that people who are pro- Uh, gay, pro-homosexual. They're also pro however many genders you want. But the argument doesn't work anymore. And so then I say to them, well, Okay, so you used the argument before, and these are Christians, by the way. So you used the argument before that Jesus didn't speak to it, and so therefore, red letters, so you don't have to pay attention to anything Paul said, and the Old Testament doesn't matter anymore, so you shouldn't read it anymore because it's a waste of time. And so we should unhitch our plow from that, and we should just focus on what Jesus says. Well, Jesus says that he only made two genders. So what do you think about that? Well, I don't know. I guess we'll have to come up with a different argument. And see, here's the problem. When you tell people what they want to hear, their itching ears want to hear certain things, Paul tells Timothy, when that happens, people start believing. You ready? Myths. Do you know what myths are? They're lies. They're lies. And I want you to hear me say this. Homosexuality is a lie. Multiple genders beyond two is a lie. It is contrary to what God's Word teaches. Okay? Okay? And you go, well, I've got questions. I've got an email address, K-E-L-L-Y at vanguardchurch.org. I want to hear all your questions. I would love to hear your questions. I would love to wrestle with you and and hear me on this. I do not hate people who are same-sex relationships. I I believe that God gives us free will. And listen to me. If people want to live together in a same-sex relationship, that's their business. But don't use the Bible to justify it because the Bible does not support it. God does not support it. You have a free will. Make your choices. Make your choices. You can make your decisions, but don't try to pull God into something and justify what you do because the Bible doesn't support it. Amen? Matthew 19, 4-6, Jesus says, haven't you read the scriptures? Well, the truth is, we haven't. (laughs) That's the problem. Jesus replied, they record that from the beginning God made them, male and female. And he said, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one, and since they're no longer two but one, let no one split apart what God has joined together. And so God is through Jesus here is saying and reminding us in the old and now in the new. So listen to what Isaiah says in Isaiah eight sixteen. Gather up the testimony, preserve the teaching for my followers while I wait for God as long as he remains in hiding. While I wait and hope for him, I stand my ground and I hope. I and the children God gave me as signs to Israel, warning signs and hope signs from God of the angel armies who makes his home in Mount Zion. When people tell you, try out the fortune tellers, consult the spiritualist, why not tap into the spirit world, get in touch with the dead? We're going to talk about this in three weeks. Tell them, no, we're going to study the scriptures. Why don't you come up with your own ideas? No, we're going to study the scriptures. One thing that you can always count on here at Vanguard, we're going to study the scriptures. What does God's word say? What does the Bible say? People who try the other ways get nowhere, a dead end, frustrated and famished. They try one thing after another. When nothing works, they get angry, cursing first this God and then that one, looking this way and that, up and down and sideways and seeing nothing, a blank wall, an empty hole. They end up in the dark with nothing. The only hope Isaiah is saying here is, is God's word. So Jesus says four things. Number one, read the Bible about sexuality and gender. Number two, God made male and female. Number three, a man, a male, is to marry a wife, a woman. And number four, God made marriage. If people want to construct other things, that's fine. It's not marriage. Listen to what Jesus says, Matthew twenty-two, twenty-nine. 29. Jesus replied, your mistake is that you don't know the scriptures. And you don't know the power of God. For when the dead rise, hmm, they'll neither marry nor be given in marriage. So we're not going to be having sex in heaven. In this respect, they'll be like the angels in heaven. So what is he saying? Let me put it in layman terms. If I step down here, Tom, am I off the screen completely? All right. Tell me when I can go down. Here's what Jesus is saying in 21st century language. Possessive pronouns are more important than personal pronouns. Whose you are matters more than who you are. Amen? Amen. And thank you sir. And ooh this is nice. Really nice. All right, I might just have to jump around here a little bit. All right. So every one of us have somebody in our lives that matters deeply to us that don't see it the way we do. And you know what they need to see? Your love. Your love. They need to know you love them. You go, well, how can I be the good guy and God be the bad guy? Well, tell them you didn't write the Bible, but you can't change it either. Amen? Amen. Every one of us have a relationship in our lives that matters to us, that we're tempted to look the other way because we don't want to lose relationship with them. And I want you to understand, I'm living this. I know what it feels like to make a choice about what God's word says and lose a relationship that matters deeply to me, okay? And God knows that and he understands that and God understands that in your life as well. And I want to encourage you, God sees. Don't give up on your only hope, God, because you want to, figure out a way to get somebody to like you. Because if they like you, you're not going to be able to do anything for them. But if you choose to be an example to them, maybe, just maybe, they'll look up and find the only hope there is, and his name is Jesus. Jesus. Amen. 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 Amen? This is not going to be an easy culture to live in as the the days go on. Your faith is going to cost you. Easy Christianity in America is over. It's over. It's over. And it's time to make a choice in the relationships of our lives that we're for him, that we're for God. I got to get back up here real quick. each one of us are going to see nine people make a public profession of their faith in Jesus. Amen. As this happens, we're going to cheer like crazy. We're going to cheer like crazy. And I want you to hear something else, though. Every one of them, after they get baptized, still going to struggle with sin. Every one of us battle sin. And sometimes I get so tired, Chris, of battling the sin in my own life. Sometimes I get exhausted from it. Sometimes I get so frustrated with it. And I want to encourage you that what these nine individuals are doing today is they're not getting up here saying, look at us, we're perfect now. They're getting up here and they're saying, We are forgiven now. Amen? Amen. Amen. We're forgiven. The world wants to be accepted. God wants you to be forgiven. Don't confuse the two. Don't confuse the two. Jesus didn't come to die so your sins can be accepted. Jesus came and died so that your sins could be forgiven. Amen? Amen? And that's the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen? Let's give the Lord a hand. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, that's the gospel, the good news. And we're going to get to see nine stories, and you're going to stamp forgiveness, forgiveness, forgiven, forgiven on every one of these stories. And they're going to begin a journey and the Bible says that before one day was you knew them all to be and the steps of a righteous person are ordered by the Lord. Righteous person falls 7 times, but a righteous person gets up again. This is what the word of God says. Greater is he that is in me than is he that's in the world. But sometimes I forget that the one in me is greater than the one that's in the world. And I listen to the one that's in the world and give in to him. Lord, we stand with these individuals today, these testimonies. And God, we live in a society today that needs the gospel more than ever. People are hungry for the gospel. And there are so many Christians that are trying to compromise your word because they want to be liked by the world. And God, we don't want to be hated by them. God, we want to love the world just like you did. And so, Lord, would you help us with all of these very precarious subjects that we're going to talk about this month and help us to hold to truth while demonstrating love. That's our tension point. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's children said, amen. Amen. God bless you. Tasha. Thanks for listening to the Vanguard Central Podcast. We encourage you to go out and live your faith in real relationship with Jesus and with others. God bless you, friend. See you next time.